Welcome to the Cybersecurity TLDR show, where we save you time by providing you the too long didn't read summary of cybersecurity topics and news. You can find us on YouTube or video and all the popular podcasting platforms for audio on the go. Now let's get over to your host, John Good. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Cybersecurity TLDR show. Today is Saturday, April 9th. Welcome. We're going to be covering the week of April 3rd through April 9th. If this is the first time that you're checking out the show, this is our first live stream on this show. I tried to get it to work a few weeks ago for the first couple episodes, but there was some issues going on with the account and YouTube enabling the streaming. So we did those recorded and this will be a live stream here on YouTube. After the show, join me on my other channel, which is the John Good Cyber channel. So just search John Good on YouTube and you can join us for the after show where we'll be doing question and answers and things like that. But again, if you're new to the show, this show is all about news recap. And so we're just going to go over some of the top headlines, give you some expert analysis, and then we'll kind of go from there. So uh, to start it out, the first headline that we saw was that there's a new Borat remote access malware and that it's no laughing matter. So this new remote access Trojan or RAT is on the darknet markets and advertises easy to use features to conduct DDoS attacks, UAC bypass and ransomware deployment. So basically as a RAT, as a remote access Trojan, these give you access as an attacker to things like uh, the victim's mouse, the keyboard access files, network points, and they hide any signs of their presence. So they're basically there trying to disguise themselves so you can't see them. And this was revealed by a security researcher at a company called uh, Kybel. And see the, the article for the actual features in it. But it's pretty extensive. I mean, malware is not something that is new. You know, it, it's been around for a while. It continues to be an issue. And there are typically lots of different variations or variants of, of malware of remote access Trojans. And really a lot of it goes to, you know, good security hygiene and doing the things you're supposed to do and educating your users so they're not installing things. But this was just an interesting, um, you know, an, an interesting article that came up that was kind of a big deal because it's, you know, it's Borat. If you're not familiar with what Borat is, check out the movies. But typically with a lot of remote access Trojans, there are, it's, they have some trolling aspects to it, we'll say, right? Next popular headline was that a National Security Agency employee indicted for leaking top secret information. So United States Je Department of Justice, DOJ, has accused an NSA employee of sharing top secret national security information with an unnamed person who worked in the private sector. They're naming the staffer as Mark Un. Ken Holtz, I'm not sure if I pronounced that right, but this person had a top secret SCI, so TSSCI, top secret sensitive compartmented information clearance, which is, you know, basically the highest clearance that you can get. And indictment alleges that Mark provided a woman called RF with information 13 times from 2018 to 2020. So that's pretty significant. Now, kind of the interesting thing here is that 
they did mention that this RF person actually had a clearance of TSSCI up until 2019. And Mark used his personal email address to actually send this information. So, you know, th- this was somebody that was formerly cleared and kind of in security and that realm especially, there is something called a need to know. So, you know, basically it's a way to keep information uh, contained and only those that are directly requiring that information know about it. And so it's this whole need to know idea and that's in security in general. You know, if you don't need to know for your job, you shouldn't, as a salesperson, you shouldn't know the salaries for everybody in the company, right? And so it's that whole need to know idea. But this person was a cleared person, didn't have the need to know anymore. And for some reason, you know, whether they had a lower level clearance or they were completely, you know, without a clearance at this point, for some reason he was sending the information. And this kind of sensitive information, they're going to find out, right? Don't do this. This is not good. And people just keep doing it. And, uh, excuse me, one of the, one of the things that we notice a lot of times with this kind of information is that it's not typically your security people that are doing this, right? The security people a lot of times have very high ethical standards. And, you know, when you get like a CISSP, you have to actually accept the, the ethical um, requirements that go along with that. But, you know, you see a lot of other people who just assume that this stuff can't be tracked or that, you know, it can't be found out. And it's just, it's, it's amazing. You know, people just keep doing it. Cyber attackers target the UPS backup power devices in Michigan critical environments. So if you're not familiar with what a UPS is or uh, an uninterruptible power supply, basically it's a device that if your power goes out, it will keep powering that, that device so you can shut it down gracefully and it doesn't crash and just you know, shut off. And a lot of these are going to more network-based control. So you can take an Ethernet cord and plug it into the device, plug it into your network, and you can manage it you know, across your network. So if you can disrupt these units and then take it further and somehow disrupt power and shut things down, then you, know, you can cause a lot of damage. Um, <clears throat> we definitely rely on these units and... You know, it's not super typical that you're going to fail over to these units and try them out. I mean, you know, you, you should just as part of your part of your testing. But part of the issue is, you know, you really want to only use it when you need it. But when it's on mission critical systems, you have to be really careful with it. You have to test it. You have to make sure that they are working properly and that they're secure, you know, on these kind of UPS uh UPS systems, appliances, you know, are you running them on your main network? Maybe you should run them on a separate network, maybe a more of a a management network that is isolated and it's not connected to your main network where somebody could take advantage of it. Uh, 
Uh, data leak from Russian delivery app shows dining habits of the secret police. So this is interesting because we use a lot of like Uber Eats and DoorDash and applications like that where you can get food delivered to you. But basically what happened is there was a data leak in this um, Yandex food uh, delivery service, which is a Russian food delivery service. And it leaked information like addresses, phone numbers, names. If you're also not familiar with these apps, you can provide delivery information or instructions. So what happened was these people that were ordering food, they were on a military base and they gave instructions how to get to where they were. So they're giving very specific information. You know, that that's pretty sensitive information for certain people, especially if you're having them meet you at a sensitive location. Uh, State Department launches new Cyber Bureau. So the Bureau of Cyberspace and Digital Policy will address the national security challenges, economic opportunities, and implications for U.S. values associated with cyberspace, digital technology, and digital policy. You know, with cyberspace in general, it is starting to go down that path and continuing to kind of evolve as far as the requirements for cyberspace and the things that you have to do. Depending on the country that you're at, you know, it, it can vary, but a lot of times cyberspace has been seen as kind of this wild west environment. And, you know, um, regulation is good and bad, right? The more regulation, the more that things like taxes have to pay for people to come out and evaluate it. And, you know, but it does require a baseline of things that you have to do. So, that is something that I think will um, will become a bigger deal in the future. Maybe not necessarily right now, but especially if they start pumping out rela- uh, regulations, and that's going to be a big deal. Uh, debate erupts at the news uh, at news. The White House may scale back DoD cyber ops authorities. So there's something called NSPM 13, and it's uh, basically the idea is that they're trying to revise it and. The DOD was making decisions kind of on their own. And so what happens is when you have a separated entity like that, they are making decisions in a vacuum and they are not considering external factors or other factors that that might impact. So specifically with this, uh, they were making decisions without uh, diplomatic and political information to make the correct decision is what it says in the article. But um, there's also some concerns with this because when you take it you know, to a higher level, then you're actually going to slow down the decision levels. And especially in the government, I mean, it, it, things don't move that fast in general anyways, but um, you know, that's potentially going to make it move slower. Uh, Germany takes down Hydra, the world's largest dark net market. So uh, this is really interesting. So Hydra had 19,000 registered seller accounts serving at least 17 million customers. 17 million customers. That is so many. And, you know, these kind of markets, they're focused on things like drug traffic, uh, drugs, uh, money laundering, you know, activities like that, right? Now, uh, following that, the Department of Justice charged a Russian national, Dmitry uh, Oligovic Pavlov, a 30-year-old Russian national, of administering the servers 
of operating and administrating the servers used to run Hydra. So, you know, this was a very coordinated effort to take this down. And clearly, because that happened within a day, basically, that first article came out on the 6th, and then the DOJ charged them on the 7th. So, you know, you're going to get caught when you do stuff like this. It's just how it is. Uh, let's see here. Anonymous, anonymous leaks all personal details of Russian soldiers invading Ukraine. So personal details of about 120,000 Russian soldiers was leaked by Anonymous, a hacking group. And uh, they that claims that they're supporting Ukraine. So information included dates of birth, names, home addresses, and passport numbers. So again, like I've said in some of the other episodes, you know, this Russia-Ukraine conflict, this war, it is not going away. It's going to keep having, you know, things associated to it pop up. And, you know, this is just another instance of that. And it's, you know, when things go back to normal or normal, I guess, in quotes, if you're just listening to the audio version, you know, how... How, it, how are these things going to impact things going forward? You know, if you're a Rus- Russian soldier and, you know, in, in a country like that, I mean, you're, you know, you're probably more or less forced into being a soldier, you know, or the threat of death or something like that as the alternative. You know, how, how does that affect you going forward? You know, uh, let's see here. Russian attempts to fish Ukrainian targets with war crimes. So, again, you know, trying to go after Ukrainian officials and fish them, unfortunately for them, uh, and this was linked to a group called Armageddon, which works under the Russian Federal uh, Security Service, the FSB, but, you know, they were unsuccessful. So, let's see here. Cash App says, ex-employee stole customer stock trading uh, data. So, this was a very interesting article and a very interesting incident because their release basically said that it impacted an unknown number of U.S. accounts. So I don't know which is worse. The fact that they don't know or maybe they do know and it's worse than we think, right? Now, interestingly enough, they did an SEC filing saying uh, that they're going to contact 8.2 million current and former customers about the the incident. So they have some idea of what's going on. But, you know, again, I've said it before, a lot of these companies are handling incidents and breaches terribly. They Their public relations and their media releases about it are usually terrible. Um, and over time, it, it, you know, comes to light if they're being deceptive or, you know, whatever the case is. So just be forthright with what's happening. Uh, let's see here. What else is good? So Twitter makes a uh, takes a harder line on POW photos and shadow bans Russian government accounts. So basically the idea is that Twitter is going to uh, remove tweets or not allow people, you know, in, in Russia... Um, to post photos of prisoners of war. So typically, a lot of these social media companies don't take a stance like this 
where uh, they try to remain pretty neutral, at least, you know, historically so far. And, uh, or I guess so they say, right? But, um, but um, you know, they're, they're starting to take steps to minimize um, the, the visibility that some of the Russian propaganda efforts are having, right? Uh, why would you release photos of prisoners of war? Propaganda efforts, for sure. And so, you know, I mean, kudos on them. I mean, it's it's not something that I I think is a surprise. I think you you should do that. But um, you know, just just another interesting thing. Uh, let's see here. So Google bans apps with hidden data harvesting software. So code was found in various apps that specifically was linked back to a defense and intelligence contractor company in the United States. They paid companies to incorporate the code into their software development kits. So they're paying companies to in, uh, include this code that will report data back to them. So think about that just as a consumer, as an end user. You know, you're downloading applications and doing all this stuff, and you're actually using applications that are harvesting information. I believe on this one, this one was specifically linked back to, um, uh, I, I believe it was a Muslim um, application. Um, but, you know, that that's just an interesting thing because you think about, um, yeah, Muslim-themed prayer apps. But, you think about the like the terms of service that you have to read to download some of this stuff or use it, right? And some of these terms of service are so long that you cannot even decipher what it's saying. And, you know, was it in there in the terms of service? Possibly that it's collecting information, but, you know, are you going to read 100 pages or something like that of a terms of service agreement? Probably not. And... You know, it, it, it's just very interesting, the whole vetting process and privacy aspect of things and what uh, applications and processes are allowed versus what's not. So uh, attackers spoofing WhatsApp voice messages alerts to steal info. So basically uh, they are spoofing voice message notifications, trying to, um, trying to get you to basically click uh, to allow it, and then that on Windows that bypasses the user access control, uh, user account control, or UAC, which is basically a, an extra approval or authorization step that you have to take on Windows to allow something to happen. But um, you know, basically, they were able to bypass traditional email filter, email security filters, and it passed the eye test for unsuspecting victims. Right, so part of the you know, success rate is if you just make it look believable and somebody has to act quickly, then they're probably going to, especially when they're not trained up on security, when they're just a standard end user. Uh, let's see here. Let's look for a few more here, and then we'll start wrapping up. So Amazon secures rockets for a broadband project. So this is actually really interesting. So Amazon's trying to get into the satellite broadband game. So uh, they are looking at trying to get 3,235 satellites up in the air over the next five years. 
That's that seems like a lot to me. Maybe not. I'm not sure. I'm not familiar with how many satellites launch, but that seems like a lot. Uh, they're going to be put up there with rockets that are made by Blue Origin, which is founded by Jeff Bezos and the United Launch Alliance. And their aim is to provide high-speed, low-latency broadband to customers. So I, I think that's amazing if you can do that because that eliminates the need to do things like running fiber. Well, I mean, you're pro- depending on the the actual speed, right? Because fiber can be pretty fast. I don't know if they're going to outpace that, but your standard you know, Comcast kind of internet connection. You know, if you can replace that, you can reach a lot of people that are in these desolate areas um, or, you know, war affected areas too. So definitely, um, you know, definitely, uh, definitely interesting. Uh, Let's see, companies going to greater lengths to hire cybersecurity staff. So if you're not familiar you know, companies are struggling to hire and retain people still. And we have this whole great recession going on. So if you're trying to get in cybersecurity, this is a great time to do it. Great time to get a lot of money if you're already in there. But, um, you know, it's a great time to be in this industry. You can really start asking for a lot and really, really, you know, setting yourself up for a great future. So it's a great time to get in the industry. Uh, Apple rushes out patches for zero days. They had two zero days in Mac OS and iOS, CVE 2022, 22675, and CVE 2022, 2264. It's an out-of-bounds read issue with the Intel graphics uh, driver. Uh, let's see here. Millions of installations potentially vulnerable to uh, Spring fr- Framework flaw, so Spring 4 Shell, if you haven't heard of that. As many as 600,000 devices can be, uh, might be vulnerable on the internet. So uh, something interesting with this is they compared it to Log4j, and they said that it's harder to assess than Log4j, but it's also more difficult to get the right situation to exploit it because you need Tomcat Apache JDK 9 or newer and packaged as a web archive war, uh, war file. Spring Beans packaged via the Web MVC and Spring Web Flux component. So there's a lot of components to it to actually get it to be vulnerable. Uh, let's see here. Adobe Creative Cloud Experience makes it easier to run malware. Uh, they have a Node.js executable that they thought would only run signed uh, software from Adobe, but that is not the case. So somebody's able to take advantage of that. Uh, also, Trezor, uh, Tra- Trazor, is that how you say it? Wallets were hacked. So it's a cryptocurrency uh, wallet. And again, you know, attackers are really going after this cryptocurrency world. And with this specifically, uh, users were sent emails by thieves trying to dupe them into downloading new software to their devices. So originally when this came out, they were thinking that it was linked to MailChimp service being breached. Then we had an article come out saying that hackers breached MailChimp's internal tools to target crypto customers. So this was a very targeted attack, and that was indeed true. Uh, On Sunday, April 3rd, MailChimp disclosed hackers gained access to internal customer support and account management tools to steal audience data and conduct phishing attacks. So it actually was released a little bit before, but... It is linked, and it was very targeted at cryptocurrency people. But basically what happened was attackers gained access to API keys 
And if you have access to API keys, then you can develop, you know, whatever you want to interact with an application and do various things. Uh, let's see here. Cadbury warns of Easter egg scam. So if you're familiar with Cadbury, uh, you know, attackers are going after that. It is Easter season. So be careful if that affects you. Um, and let's see here. GitHub is now scanning for uh, leaks, secret leaks and developer workflows. So if you're not familiar with GitHub and how that works, basically what happens is, you know, these secrets, these keys, these tokens, uh, a lot of times you can find interesting things in GitHub repositories that, that developers forget to remove and they hard code them in there. But basically this is going to help hopefully developers do this before they actually push out their code into their, um, their repos. And the last big thing, uh, Zoom awarded $1.8 million in bug bounty rewards over 2021. So, you know, bug bounty programs are huge. If you're looking to get in the, in the industry or you're already in the industry, you want some extra cash, you want to learn some new skills, check out bug bounty programs. They're all over. There's uh, companies that have private programs. There are companies like HackerOne and BugCrowd that host these, uh, these programs that you can get involved in and get paid for it. But $1.8 million, you know, that, that's a ton, specifically because of Zoom. They did have some security issues, so that's great to see that, um, that they're fixing a lot of their issues. But, you know, uh, let's see here. And that is about it for today. Yep. All right, cool. So, again, you know, Keep up with the news. If you're in cybersecurity, you have to keep up with what's going on. If you're new to the industry, if you've been in the industry, it just helps you keep your pulse on, uh, finger on the pulse of what's going on. So if there's anything emerging, you can be ahead of it. If it's going to impact you, you know, you're ready for it in your career, in your job. And, you know, you just have to stay up with it. Um, after this show, we are going, if you're watching this live, we are going to be going over to my other channel, John Good. Uh, uh, John Good Cyber on YouTube, and I'll be live streaming over there doing Q&A and all kinds of things like that. But uh, yeah, if there is nothing else in here, uh, that is it for today, though. So uh, thanks for joining me. And again, thanks if you're watching on the replay as well. But uh, we are going to start doing some live streams for these. So just to make sure that they're all up to date and current. But uh, that is it for today. Thanks for joining, and I'll see you at the after show.